Hey, Mountain Bike Radio listeners, this is Ben, and I'm going to be your host for this episode. If you are a listener of Mountain Bike Radio for any length of time, you know that I'd like to keep things moving, uh, trying different things, just pushing my own limits, and uh, hopefully bringing you some cool stuff. This is the first episode of a special series that I'm going to call Destinations for this purpose, and this one is with a guy, Brad Nelson, from Earth Rider Beer up in Superior, Wisconsin, but uh, this is part of a trip that I took up through Duluth and Superior up the North Shore of Minnesota, includes discussions with several breweries, a distillery, a bike shop, and that's it. I plan to add to it in the future as well, so not just the drinking side of things, trails, um, mountain bike specific, maybe a couple more shops. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, obviously, in that area, and I want to expand that into other areas. So the next logical step for me would be to just get my home area as well, so the Hayward Cable, Wisconsin area, and go from there. So this is the first one of the special series. Uh, so if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, you can email me, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Enjoy. I'm here with Brad Nelson over at Earth Rider Beer in Superior, Wisconsin. Uh, Duluth is very popular, but Superior is right across the right across the river, so it's very close. So if you want, uh, just Google it, Superior, Wisconsin. It's it's uh it's the less popular of the two cities. So uh, yeah, so it's definitely cool, and it's within. I can see. So we're sitting at the the Cedar Lounge, and I can see everything from here. It's this this whole area is really cool and really unique, and I. There's like ships right in the backyard. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, we are uh we're in North Tower Superior. We're right over the bridge from Duluth. And uh yeah, we we yeah, there's tend a to giant, think of it giant cargo ship right in the right across that yeah, that's right. parking lot. Yeah, right you there. can almost spit on it yeah. from our parking lot. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh it's it's a really awesome area for us to be. We love it. We look yeah. out our window and there's a ship right there <laughs> dominating the yeah, the scenery. Cool. So yeah, we love being here. Um and, and you you're know, the, the you're the head of I'm the so I'm, your, uh, yeah I'm the uh, director of brands for Earth Rider Brewery, um, so essentially I'm the brand man. I do I manage the yeah. brands. I help you know get the find the right feel for the labels and social media and and everything in yeah. between. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure it's all going smoothly. Yeah, and make sure it all fits is cohesive. Yeah, with what we're what we're about and yeah. that it represents the brewery properly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have help on that too, but. Yeah, that's what that's my job is. It's a pretty awesome, awesome position I have. Actually, it's really fun. It seems like a lot, and we'll we'll talk about your position in a little bit because I want to get. We were talking before we recorded. We start getting in your history. It seems like you have a lot of stuff going on, and uh, so take us back. I don't know, whenever maybe okay. college. You you know how you how you got into this and how you ended up here. Sure, I'll this. try to make it brief because it's been a while now. That's yeah. fine. I mean, we have time and. Uh, Whatever you want. Let's take us back. Tell us what your story is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I um, I started college in 1988 at uh, UMD over in Duluth on the Duluth side. And um, I was a cross-country ski racer pretty seriously back then. And um, so I ended up, the, the following year, I ended up going out to Northern Michigan University and skiing out there. And um, won, uh, 
couple medals at the college nationals uh, my junior year. Oh wow! I, so you moved there to ski I, like at a higher level? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, they're that's kind awesome. of a, they're kind of a national powerhouse yeah, yeah, in right. sport. So yeah. I went there to work with the coach Sten Feldheim that they had. Uh, they still he's still there actually. Wow. Um, but I went there to work with Sten and uh, be a part of that. And um, yeah, I lived. I ended up moving into the Olympic Training Center also in Marquette um, after I graduated from college. And my, my Russian ski coach, Nikolai Anikin, he, Nikolai was, uh, turned, turned out by the U.S. ski team. Uh, they wanted to get someone in that position who could manage better. And so, um, I really wanted to continue working with him as, as did some of the other athletes. So we started a club and moved it to Duluth. My brother, Tim, huh. uh, the founder of this brewery became the director of that organization. It's called Gitchigumi Ski Association. Huh. And, uh, we, our, our mission was to raise the level of cross country skiing, uh, in, throughout really throughout the throughout North America and we had racers come from all over the country to train train with us we had in uh, 98 we had three members of the US ski team huh. go from Jeez. our club uh we had one in the top 15 the current coach of Jesse Diggins, who just mm -hmm. won a gold medal, uh, was in our club at that time. Jason Cork, who's our roommate, and he's a really good friend. So it's still kind of some of what we started way back yeah, yeah. then is still kind of going. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, this is the last thing I expected to be talking about coming here. I had no idea that you were this into cross-country skiing. Yeah, it's a real passion awesome. of mine. I, yeah. And uh, I, you mentioned you're from Hayward, and I, yeah. I still I, I do one race a year now, strap on the bib to go to the Berkey. Okay. It's kind of like a family reunion to me with all my friends. And yeah. uh, How many Berkeys have you skied? Um, I think between know? Berkeys and Cordy's, I'm, I'm right up around 20 now. Yeah, I, start, I did my first one in uh, my first Cordelopet when I was, I believe I was in eighth or ninth grade okay. so uh, oh. a doctor brought some of us a doctor who of and who had a child on the team okay. brought a bunch of us kids over there and we ate cookies and skied the cart a little yeah, bit that's awesome. and then i had years when i when it didn't work out when i was actually when i was racing more seriously a lot of yeah. times other races would conflict right but um and now you know now i, I loved a mountain bike um i was actually uh hansi johnson who's been a, a his name pops up a ton. Yeah, he's been probably the biggest <laughs> yeah. advocate. We've been friends since I can't remember if we first met in high school or college, but through through okay. the sport of skiing as well. Yeah, and uh, I was I was with him at the first meeting with Mayor Don Ness, our previous mayor, when yep. when uh, he was pitching the idea to build a, a comprehensive bike trail system. And what Duluth. was it like to have Don as a mayor who was like, yeah, let's let's well, let's good you know, idea. Let's check. Yeah, it out. I mean he he didn't have that background and adventure sport but i think he just he believed in what he was being told that it mm -hmm. would be successful um hansi convinced him to go out to uh to a national imba conference mm -hmm. that that spring i believe and um i mean i was just at that one meeting so i can't right, take any right, credit right, for right. the trail yeah, yeah. No. but um yeah he convinced him to go out there and i think don just yeah he embraced it he saw he saw an opportunity for duluth and right along with arts and culture yeah um that. So you saw the city transform like since 88 and you moved away for a little bit for college, but you've seen it like you're trying to put together this ski group here. And now the groups ranging from ski to climbing to mountain biking, it's like, right. It's yeah. It's a thing now. It's a thing now. And, and, you know, along those lines, since we're talking about craft beer and, and how, you know, before yeah, yeah. we started recording, we we're talking about how these outdoor sports and craft beer to go together. And to me, they are just, 
they are really in sync and craft beer uh, it's just such a gathering point for this right. community and this community you know because of what we do we're generally not the heaviest drinkers but when we do yeah, yeah, vibe we want to yeah, have something yeah, that's a couple really beers that are good yeah right, a couple yeah. beers that are good and uh talk uh, you know it's an opportunity to talk about our adventures yeah. from the day so um yeah, back in uh, my brother actually started. Well, I was still ski racing. I skied through '98. My okay. brother started Fitker's Brew House in uh, 1995. Okay. Might have been late '94 even when he got going over there. So one of the first things that he and his business partner did is start adventure adventure night slideshow series and literally okay. slides. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah like real slides, <laughs> real like slides. And so that was always a part of it. And really that, that brew, the brew house, uh, really grew out of the idea. You know, my brother Tim was a ski racer like, like me. And we, when we would travel around the West and hit some of those towns, like Ben really comes to mind. Okay. Go to the Deschutes brewery back when it was a single small. Yeah, place like, you yeah. know yeah and uh you had to go there to get their beer yeah probably. you had to go there to get their <laughs> yeah. beer right and right. we went to a p- after party and some of the skiers had a keg there and uh i believe it was black butte porter or something along mm-hmm. those lines and it's like wow this is crazy they mm-hmm. make this right here in town at yeah. that right here and mm-hmm. and um kind of blew our minds and and you could see and feel the way that the ski community had kind of adopted that as their their yeah, their off trail community center warming right, right. house. Yeah, yep. and um, so you know, in our minds, that's how we already saw Duluth when we came back. It's like well, you know, we all our friends were in the outdoor community, and uh, so that's kind of how we saw this community right away. And I, I think we were actually ahead of our times. I don't think it was as big as we felt it was, but it was there. Right, and um, and so the brew house was born, and and that sort of spawned uh, my brother's brewing career i um when i retired from skiing the first thing i did is start an alternative newspaper that i did for almost seven years it was called the ripsaw okay and um we had a section in there as well that had was about adventure so we covered everything from a cover story that would be some kind of investigative journalism or deeper to- ish, yeah. you know, deeper coverage of a local issue and then we would have you know the things you'd expect the dining reviews and uh music reviews and uh, articles along those lines, but we also we always had an adventure section that would cover mountain biking or skiing or you know, uh, man, Paddling I remember we had like ice skating on. down right. a river. I yeah. remember that. I remember, uh, yeah, people whitewater, whitewater, of course. So through that, you know, that kind of helped. In the and my brother was a big advertiser in the newspaper, so okay. we worked together that way. Um, eventually, you know, newspapers kind of slid off as digital. The mm-hmm. World Wide Web popped up, and uh, isn't it funny? There's a world before that. Yeah, it is really. It's it's funny to think, and it, and I was I sort of felt trapped from a business standpoint between in this abyss between people weren't really buying online advertising yet, mm-hmm. and and uh, print wasn't really getting what it had. So yeah. um, so I hung that up and uh, started beer tending at Fitcher's Brew House, and that's. That's how I learned about craft beer because okay. then I had access to all the brewers and they would explain the beers before we poured them, of course. And I, and I just learned a ton there. Um, a couple years, a few years later, uh, my brother and his had that company had grown into other other venues as well. Um, Tycoon's Inn, Ill House, Indian Station, Burrito Union, and um, so they really needed to develop their own marketing company. And so I was tapped for that because I had this 
the newspaper was yeah. really similar, and I and I had demonstrated an ability to kind of build community around this lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, you culture. did it for seven years, right? I mean, you gained a little right. bit of experience doing it for something like that for seven years. So that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah. So I stepped. I was lucky. I mean, just lucky. But I stepped into that, and we've been working together ever since. And uh, about. Two or three years ago now, uh, my brother sold his interest in uh, Fitgers Brewhouse and decided to start a production-focused brewery over here in Superior. And here yeah. we are at Earthrider Brewery. Yeah. Um, one of our one of our brewers came with us, Frank Kazuba, and uh, I came with, of course. And yeah. my brother is here, so we kind of put the band back together, and we're having a blast. It's been yeah. really fun to 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 start something new and to. Have you know just have something a new endeavor to really sink our teeth into? I think that's kind of what makes people in the outdoor community and absolutely and, uh, yeah. And new things new are always challenges. exciting, so it's always a it's always a good good thing from yeah. that perspective. And, and you so, guys, when is it November only? Yeah, we only started in uh, we started brewing last. Hold a second. No, that's fine. When do we start brewing here again, Daniel? Okay. Yes, we started there brewing in September 2017, so yeah. we're we're still getting our feet under us, but it's going really good. The community is really embracing us, and uh, yeah, it's just going really great. Yeah. We're having so much fun. And you, I'll tell you what, from your perspective, you're doing a pretty good job on social media because I see it. I'm like, what is this Earthrise? I see it everywhere on everything I'm doing. You know, once you get cool. tagged by looking at something, obviously you're going to see more. But so I've yeah, so you're doing a good job with good, that. That's thanks. why I'm sitting here talking to you. So. Oh, thank you. Good. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, yeah. We've, you know, and the name really lends itself well to uh, to bringing into the adventure realm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Earth Rider can mean. I mean, obviously, we're Earth Riding right now, just sitting here on these <laughs> stools. But yeah, anything you anything you're doing, anything yeah. you do. Yeah, and I found some like vintage photos of of a club in the '70s that was, I assume, you know, pretty early on extreme skiers. Uh, you know, and they were called the Earth Riders when we were when we were developing this brand. I was right? Like, yeah, that's it. You know, that's like that's the idea. People mountain biking, people skiing, people somehow. To me, you know, moving through the environment, moving around, finding adventure, finding yeah. self. And that's self what this whole that's what this whole area is. I mean, I don't know. It, it was always kind of an outdoor. Was it always kind of an outdoor city? Even you know, twenty years ago, it seemed like this is kind of lends itself to being outdoor. Was that? It was, yeah. It it just didn't have the facilities, of okay. course, that it does now. You know, okay. we didn't have just the trail a bunch of systems. rogue users that right. kind of did their own thing. Yeah, if you were into okay. mountain biking, there were, you know, some some trails that would would be okay for it, or logging roads. You know, yeah. it just wasn't like the the amazing world-class single track that we have yeah, now yeah yeah i just coming through town, it's just but this whole yes. it, when the name the earth rider name and you look at this entire area superior duluth is it's like a hub for all your outdoor stuff so if you want to go north shore whatever it's hiking skiing biking whatever it is and then you have fishing and you have like this whole right area is kind of a hub for outdoor stuff so like it just makes the whole the whole branding the whole thing just made sense to me and you yeah, know that's cool. why i started following you on instagram it was it kind of just so when you say that Earth Rider could be any of it, it's like it just made sense. This is such a hub. It it's, is. It's a great right. hub for even the whatever. boundary waters. A lot of people come through here, yeah. or if they're headed, heading up to Grand yep. Marais. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you could stay here for a couple of days. You could stay here for a week. You could do you know go you know as far south as by us Hayward up to the boundary waters. But it's always a good central. That's right. Um, 
hub to do everything paddling yeah. biking skiing whatever it is yeah so. yeah and it's and i think now you know the shikwamigan forest obviously and that area around hayward has yeah. just been built up for a long yeah. time for mountain biking and i i feel like I mean, I have no idea what the, the counts are at both places, but I feel like the sport is just growing more oh, as crazy. more trails are adding. I've been doing this for six years. Synergy is awesome. Of, I've been doing this for six years. And the difference I've seen in the last six years is just incredible. Like there was not a – I mean, it was starting to happen, obviously, but we were coming out of a huge recession, so nothing was happening. Um, but the amount of trail projects and areas – and you name it, Duluth, Marquette, Copper Harbor – our area in Hayward, I mean, the Twin Cities, the amount of trail projects just, you know, down there, um, it's, it's just, we are in, uh, it's pretty big. That's awesome. <laughs> that is really awesome. So, and, and that's and, just all within the last five years, you know, since I started. Right. This, so. And it's just, it's just a part of. It's kind of like craft beer. It is like craft beer. Same thing. I was thing. going to say, like, you know, we've had the same exponential growth curve. Now we're seeing, uh, recently, I think, you know, we're. We're seeing new converts to craft beer, and we're also seeing, um, but what we're really seeing are new smaller breweries cropping up on every corner and every little right. berg, which I think is amazing because just like adding mountain bike trails or adding, you know, any, any other ameni outdoor amenity like that, and mountain biking is, you know, what we're here to talk about. But eh, just like adding trails, too. I think, um, <laughs> you know, adding a brewery, it adds culture, it adds yeah. something that, I mean, no two mountain bike trails are alike because yeah. the topography is always changing and if the designer mm -hmm. was different and so people can move around and try out different trails and ex have those different experiences. But with it, they can also at night go and imbibe and try a craft beer that was made there, made by yeah. the people who live there to their, to their tastes and specifications. I mean, not, it's is just it something that we was lost during the corporate homogeny right. uh, era you know right. through the 60s when we lost most of our breweries post prohibition of course a lot of them never rebounded um but that that trend continued until we were down to just a handful of breweries nationwide i mean literally a hand one handful yeah, right. and now we're up over 5000 breweries again so we can have these just it just puts local culture back right where where it wasn't for a long yeah. time and that's why just driving here is like like I said earlier, with the ship right in the back, and it's like very industrial. And I see this, and I'm like, oh man, this is pretty cool. Like the, I should get some pictures too. Actually, we should have Daniel take a picture of us over here. Yeah, that'd be um, good. Yeah. But uh, would you, Daniel? Uh, no, it just brings a little life to like the area. Right. Just get a picture of us sitting over here for a little bit. Um, do you want to? Do we need more light? Uh, I can just use my phone. That's cool. But yeah, so I mean, it, like you said, and um, it just brings. A little something to it right yeah exactly it's like you know west coast ipas are not the same as east coast ipas yeah. and yeah so we are seeing differentiation happening more and more i think as more breweries crop up in more parts of the country and yeah everybody has a preference whether it's it's hot here all the time so we don't like right we don't like imperial stouts maybe but Right. Tomorrow we're releasing a raspberry Russian Imperial Stout here, and uh, that we're pretty excited about because it just tastes incredible. Yeah. And this, and to me, it's like the perfect beer for late winter, early spring. It's it's still still big, yeah. high in alcohol, uh, big and strong beer, but it's uh, got a little raspberry, a little hint of what's to come. So cool. Yeah, I, so, I enjoy I, that. So that gets, I want to talk about beer. I want to talk about Earth Rider. Yeah. I want to talk about beer. So taste bad, like. 
last year when you first started, did you just start with a whole mess of different beers or did you just have your go-to beer? Just run us through. Cause like I told, sure. I think I told you an email, like I, I like to drink beer, but I don't know anything about it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so just like, what did you guys start with? Like, what do you, how has it all worked out? Just right. Us through all yeah. that. Well, luckily being in the pub business for a long time, right. We learned, we learned customer by customer. And that's one thing that I think has made me better at my job is when I was actually beer tending and, and through, you know, you might call it hand to hand combat. Like every, you, I met every yeah, customer, whether every they were person, attorney you're talking, right. or whether they were a construction, you heard worker. every good word, every complaint. Yeah. 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 And we saw like just Thank pure you. pure and sheer numbers like right. what beers sell the best and what are we hearing what's the feedback on them. Right. So the first beers that we rolled out were pretty intentional. We know these beers are going to fit the major niches of of beer flavor profiles that people crave right. on a larger scale. You know, things like especially what we're going to put in our cans. So we have four cans that are rolling out that actually the first one just hit this week and we'll be rolling out three more in the next oh, couple wow. weeks. Okay. So, uh, the first one we put in a can was a superior pale ale. And then we'll be adding, um, caribou lake IPA, North tower stout and precious material Hellas lager, which is a light, okay. light one. So, um, and, and those really, um, yeah, those, those should really have some mass appeal, like in terms of hitting large categories of, of beer loving. But then in here in the tap room, that's, this is our opportunity to do things that are more esoteric and, you know, like the, the, uh, raspberry Russian imperial stout that right. we're rolling out tomorrow. Yeah. That will, that will never see a can. That'll be a very limited release. 180 crawlers sold. A crawler is like a, a really big can. Okay. I've heard it jokingly gotcha. called man can. Okay. But, but I want to be sexist because I know a lot right, of females right. that no, could manage that. Probably yeah. many more that could drink more than <laughs> the guy. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyways, it's they're they're large cans. They're they're thirty two ounce cans, and so we sell those. We can pour anything fresh off the tap here, just like a growler. But okay. they're just they're just half the size of a. Do growler. you guys do you do that often? So like, do you have releases every couple months, or just every every time you come up with a good idea and kind of test something out? How is that like a regular thing? Yeah, well, we'll be up. Uh, we'll have eleven beers on tap as of tomorrow, and then we have two more coming out the next two weeks. But they are slow to add somewhat because we don't have one thing about craft brewing is the smaller the place, the smaller the the brewing system, the more that they can turn that system over and create more styles of beer. Okay. So at Fitker's Brewhouse, where we came from, they had a really small system and that allowed us to put a lot of different beer styles throughout the year on tap. Okay. Here we have a larger brewery over there, so uh we we kind of we went a little bit on the smaller side of a of a production brewery system, okay, so that we could keep making different styles of beer. Okay, maybe just not as quick, not as quick, but, but you can not still as do quick. It. It's a nice happy medium, yeah. right? We can we can keep we have a large enough system that we can keep uh, supplying the corner of Lake Superior, which is really what we want to do from Ashland and Hayward, yep, all the way around the tip of Lake Superior up to two harbors. Through the twin ports, of course, being a concentration, but we can we think we can supply all those areas with cans beer, cans of okay. beer with this system, but we can also keep our tap room interesting for the the real beer yeah yeah beer junkie that in, wants yeah. to stop in and try something you know maybe more esoteric yeah. that they can't get from a, a, a what's been shop. what uh, I have two things for you what's your favorite go to 
So if you were to get one of those cans, what would be your go-to can? You know, right now my favorite go-to has been the Superior Pale Ale. Okay. It's it's just I just love it. It it um it has a nice hop aroma and and bite and uh it's really clean tasting and it finishes really dry and it's only five and a half percent alcohol. So that's, that's nice. Cause it's really sessionable. You know, there's really crushable. You can sit down with your, your buds and have yeah. two or three and not, and still be able to get yourself home and, yeah, and, not and wake up in the morning right. and feel like going Just on a normal your bike. Person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what's your favorite uh, release one so far that you've it, like, what you're coming out with tomorrow or like in the last, for special releases, the one coming out tomorrow is is probably the one that I'm the most excited about having tasted it. I got to I got to take a sample of it yesterday yeah. morning, and it, it just yeah, it's so delicious, and it, it really blows me away because um, I'm it tastes like dark chocolate with raspberries. It's not sweet really, okay. but it really tastes like you're you're eating a really high caliber yeah chocolate bar yeah. you know dark chocolate with raspberry in it and then it just finishes dry just that that flavor just goes away and your mouth just is like, suddenly clean you're, you're getting and you're, excited just talking yeah about it. <laughs> and you're ready for another sip so i'm really excited about that that beer in terms what, of being more the, on the esoteric side yeah, yeah. You know, not a daily but when you're in the mood for something it, different mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. what what's the process of doing that do you guys all sit down and say okay here's 10 different ideas like what should we go with? how does that become a finished yeah that's a really good release. question um a lot of the a lot of the beers especially the ones that we're putting into that we're packaging into cans um were in part driven by my brother the the owner um and and i was involved in some of that at least at, at least with a seat at the table yeah um and then our director of brewing operations, Frank Kazuba, is always there too. And he sits in on the branding meetings too. That's okay. kind of how we we cross pollinate ideas. And it helps me even if I'm not having a big influence on what the beer will be. I'm my awareness is increased, and the more I understand yeah, what right. they're trying to do, the more I can turn around and, and tell share that people. story to yeah. tell all the people. Right, right. right? Yeah, because really my job is communication, and so yep. the more I understand it, the better I can do. But um. The brewers also drive a lot of what they're doing. This beer, in particular, they're they're making a uh, raspberry sour that's going to be coming out soon. Okay, and so they had the raspberries. They had uh, made this this. They basically made a big bolder version of our stout and okay. uh, made it. It's an imperial stout that's known as a Russian imperial. Um, so they had made that, and they had some barrels here that. Um, that that we had purchased from Vikra Distillery, where you just came from, yeah, yeah. and so a lot of times we'll we'll we take we purchase their use their spent barrels and yeah. we use them to age beer, and so there was just an opportunity to put these things together and make something new, and it turned out really incredible. But the brewers really drove that, and it was sort of them sort of just following one idea that led to the next idea that led to the next yeah. idea, and they made a beer, and they're really proud of it too. So, um, and then I think like a lot of creative processes yeah. sometimes. Things are intentional, intentional, and sometimes right. that interaction with the craft kind of gives you something you didn't expect. Right, and now that you have, since last year, I mean, once you get to a year and you have maybe another couple special releases, that also, you don't know what that's going to lead to either, because that might drive another idea that you had no idea that you were going to do. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's what's really fun about this industry. And I, I, I also have, you know, I, I also have a real passion for for creative 
things you know um i guess i like yes i like all things that are creative and crafty yeah you and, seem like a pretty creative guy yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy you know so i at the newspaper you know that that was really an yeah, outlet for that on many right. levels i also play music um and so uh, so you're gonna be um, up on stage singing or what uh you know i play drums i play oh, okay. drums in a gotcha. in a in like kind of this raucous blues band called the it's like a i guess kind of an indie rock blues outfit okay. called the black eyed snakes and huh. so we we travel around a little we used to travel more when we were younger and okay. we used to tour um to europe and around the united states um now now we're usually stay closer to home but we still play oh we're, you know we're gonna play the art of world festival in minneapolis mm. at the indeed brewery coming up here i guess that's our next gig but yeah so we kind of anyways i play with them and then i've played over in hayward some with a band called the yeah. boom chucks at uh huh. yeah so yeah it, so you get around and you that. Can yeah get, I think. you start talking to all these people and you're like hey come on up have <laughs> yeah so it's I like think, you leads know, into we... like any conversations like leads into yeah. <laughs> right yeah for me it's like you know what we were talking about like this culture to me is just all one big ball and i kind of yeah. i kind of embody it i guess a little bit by accident i mean i just i love creativity i love music I love the out, I love outdoor adventure and and I love craft beer and they all just kind yeah. of for me exist in one big ball of awesome yeah. living. <laughs> so I have a question with with this big awesome ball of living. How do you? So I don't even know the number of breweries just in Duluth Superior area. What ten fifteen of them? I don't even I, know. It's I a lot. I think. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a new one opening up in Lincoln Park. I think that puts us around a dozen. Yeah, right something like that. Dozen, yeah. How do you? I mean, you you guys are obviously, like you said, focused, you know, Ashland, uh, you know, this whole area, this area. Uh, how do you, with your job, like brand manager, how do you, I mean, you want to work with the other people. Like you said, you're buying barrels from Vikra over there and you're probably doing some stuff with other people and you kind of go back and forth. How do you make a name for yourself? How do you say, hey, you know what? We're really good at doing this, and this is our focus. How do you do? How do you, as the brand manager, going out? You're doing all your stuff. You're singing, like you're pretty like all around guy. But how do you like spread that message to? And I, I'm, I should probably explain. I'm pointing at his jacket because he has an Earth Rider beer jacket on. But uh, how do you, with all these, you know, in this world of craft beer right now, it's like so many. Like you said, every right or whatever how do you do it that's a really good question um you know i think well first we have to figure out in 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 my, and being a person in my shoes you have to figure out from the owner and from the brewers in this case which is why it's great that my brother and, and mm -hmm. frank our brewer uh director of brewing sits at the table with me because first we have to figure out what what are what does differentiate the brewery like physically besides what i what kind of you know i'm going to use a, a derogatory term marketing spin I, that i put on it yeah. um you know what is it tangible how is it tangibly different and every craft brewery you know some of the smaller craft breweries like i mentioned their thing is you can only buy this beer in the tap room and maybe there's an owner in the back making the beer and maybe you know his his partner or him step up front and pour the beer mm -hmm. you know so their their overhead is low they make a lot of different beers they have a following they just serve a neighborhood that's most of the breweries that are cropping up nowadays okay. um and and that's actually a really it's a viable model and it's a really cool model i think because like i said it gives us a lot of variety and it gives it's yeah. um but 
with this brewery, um, we have an element of that, but we're a little bit more towards production brewery where we will also have flagships that we are, you know, we are marketing, uh, to purchase at bottle shops and okay. at other retail partners. So we really, some, you know, some breweries are using more what's called the tap room model. Um, and they're really focusing on just serving their tap room. Um, the thing about a tap room is if you're making the beer, and then you're selling it at retail prices, there's a nice margin there. Yeah. And so that, that's why it's viable to be really small and, and make ends meet. Right. When, when you package it, you have, to, you have to have a lot more, yeah. you have to have a lot of retail partners to help support you because your margin isn't very great on yep. each can or, or bottle or whatever you're packaging mm-hmm. in. So, um, so anyways, that's, that's first of all, we, we kind of wanted to make ourselves known as, as that, that we're available and, and we're local and we're independent and uh, those things actually do matter to people a lot. Those two words, local and independent. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and then I think outside of that, um, to make sure that we're doing something unique with our, our art, you know, our packaging and our marketing, um, our packaging that, artists, for does example. Does that play a huge part in it, like packaging? Because you go to the store and I've heard it several times from several different people. It's like, oh, it looked like it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's a big, that's, that's a big that deal. You hear that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because that is, I mean, we know... Within the industry, we know that point of sale marketing is really the the most important marketing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may know before you go to town that hey, I want to check out this brewery Earthrider. You may if you're into beer and you follow, you know, and right. like you, you, you found us on already. social yep. media or something. But most of us make that final purchase decision when we're standing in front of the beer coolers. I do it too. Stand there and look. Well, what do they have? Yeah. And if something that I haven't seen before catches my eye, but looks looks authentic and looks interesting, I'll give it a try. Yeah. So, And then, of course, that's where the beer has to do the talking once I open right. it. If I, if All I like you the need, beer. though, is that little nudge to try it out, and it's, it seems like a really hard thing to nail down. Right. I don't so believe you, just, you can sell bad beer for very long. You have no, to make good right, beer, but right. it, it is it, good packaging can really be the tipping point. And, uh, yeah, we ended up for our packaging, um, I wanted packages that were uh, relatively st- relatively stark so that we could have simple blocks of color we ended up yeah. packaging our six packs and boxes so that we'll have blocks okay. of color on the shelf and then we worked with a woodcart artist local woodcart artist because we thought well that really embodies the north woods you know yeah. that we're guys carving in wood like it's craft it's kind of yeah. raw it involves i mean if when you drive from here to denver you start to realize that we are unique for having trees around oh, us. It, I lived in Denver for six, six and a half years. Yeah. Okay, it's nice yeah. to come back. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be back in this, there's trees and lakes and yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So this anyways, it kind of seemed to fit unique. like, it just sort of seemed, that's, that art form seemed to really kind of fit the brand, mm-hmm. which is a little, it's kind of a strong brand. It's a, it's a hearty brand. It's an adventurous brand. And, uh, we wanted, we wanted our art to embody that. So, yeah. yeah so he carved on Superior Pale Ale, it, <clears throat> kind of this, uh, this, I mean, to me, he's like a Norwegian fisherman up on the North Shore or okay. something like battling these giant waves and just leaning in on these oars. And it's yeah. like, you're like, oh man, that guy probably got caught out in some bad weather, but, he also looks like he's crusty and he can probably deal with yeah. it. And he's gonna make it back in, yeah. but he's got his he's got his work cut out for him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of a that kind of a essence, you know, we're really trying to put into the put into the, the packaging yeah. too, because that's what this is. I mean, we we moved to Hayward last May, origi- originally from southeastern Wisconsin, 
but there's I keep like something I'm trying to get towards on some other stuff is that I'm doing is like the whole up north idea because there's definitely something to it. Right. When you've lived other places and then you live north of I don't know, pick a road. Yeah. Highway 70 or yeah. 29, everyone has their different up north in Wisconsin. Right. You know, Minnesota the same way, but there's definitely that feeling. Right. Like they you, you it's hard to put into words or picture, but like something like that, it's it's hard to capture that. Right. So when you see it, you know it. You, you know it and you, like you get all excited just talking about that you're like leaning back doing the doing the oars so it's right yeah so yeah you capture that as, yeah as you're a, definitely right i i agree i think that um i think that winter does something to us i, mean, you, I think it does it's weird it makes <laughs> it is like, yeah you it's a good like, thing though you feel is. like you, you feel alive it, right right, right. Yep. i think i think yeah. you, you know when you when you when you uh depending on your perspective you either live or you survive in winter it's uh I mean, for me, that's why I loved to ski race and just, and I still love to go skiing so much because I don't know, some of my favorite skis nowadays are, you know, a lot of times I have a, I have a big job. So sometimes I'll be leaving work and it's already dark and cold and I don't really quite feel like going out, but I'll, I'll drive up to drag yourself to start. Yeah. And just get my change in my car. And, and once I get out there, especially if the moon is big and I don't need to use a headlamp, there's just something about that, uh, the simplicity of everything, everything else just melting away and just moving through the woods like you're on a roller coaster. Yeah. And same sensation, mountain biking. Yep. I really love yep. I love I, I think that mountain biking to me, you know, mountain biking and cross country skiing are such close, you know, mm-hmm. bedfellows because yeah, yeah. they're the, the the sense of like working on the climb. Yep. The climb kind of hurts, but it kind of feels good. Um and then when you come down, you're getting that that roller coaster effect of just like, and you get it, you get that rush of it, adrenaline for gliding down. So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, but so yeah, so way. capturing that uh, that winter is an important part of that. I think. Yeah, you're, you're right it, on it, that. It's yeah, it's you're either it. passionate and you either choose to be passionate and just kind of embrace it and take it head on, or you yeah. cower indoors. And yeah. and I think the people that, that adds that adds something to the whole. You just. It's hard to explain, but I, that when you said the crusty old fisherman in the rowboat up on you know some lake up on the North Shore, like that, it's a good explanation. Yeah, it's a good picture in my mind. Well, it's so interesting, like you know, I, 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 the history of the North Shore. I mean, there wasn't a road up there until <laughs> I think the late forties, okay. maybe early fifties. Okay. So you know, it literally was these mostly Norwegians who would go up the shore via boat and settle into these fishing villages. And, uh, you know, there was some tourism up there, but most of the tourists arrived by these steamships that would go up. Yeah, Yeah. by boat. Like these steamships would go up to collect the fish, and they would bring a few tourists with them on board. And then in the summer, these these fishermen would move out of their house that was on, you know, close to the lake, and they'd move to a cabin back in the woods and rent out their house. It's like the first VRBO, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, 100 years ago. So anyways... um. And then the trails, initially, they would have a trail that uh, it was a walking path and it was upgraded to be a winter road because they could fill in the ruts and the, the mm-hmm. crevasses with mm-hmm. snow and ice and mm-hmm. run sleighs over them yep. and horses, you know, and then eventually, of course, they they yeah. managed to dig a road and make a road. But up there, like, a lot of those villages, they only spoke Norwegian for until the mid 40s, just because they weren't opened up. Right. So, Isn't that it's crazy? Pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, yeah. and again, it speaks to that that up north culture where people hardiness 
it's not that long ago that people had to be hardy just to survive yeah. up here. I mean, they were yeah, closed like our off. grandparents. They weren't you know? going to run to the grocery no. to the cub. From you still a lot of places you still aren't doing that. It's right. like you're going half an hour just to get to like the town. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So what? Uh, let's let's tell people why they need to get in here after they're done riding. So what? Uh, make it a little. I guess make your sales pitch. Like All what? Right. What do you got going? You know. Uh, you know, especially as we get in the summer, like what can they expect showing, you know, coming here on Friday night, what can they expect? What's going hey, on? Sure. Yeah. We, well, we, the, we're, you know, like we mentioned, we're sitting here in the earth rider brewery, Cedar lounge tap room. So we actually uh, took over uh, this, this tap room that we're in was originally a Northern brewing company tap room from uh-huh. okay. built in 1908. Wow. And uh, we refurbished it and uh, brought it back. We host music here. Um, every Wednesday night and oftentimes on Friday and Saturday nights also. Um, Charlie Parr is a really common Wednesday night fixture here uh, when he's not touring around the world somewhere. Um, He's going to be here the first three weeks in April, actually. But um, So we host music uh, those evenings and uh, eventually, but people come in the summer. This summer, I don't know where it'll be at when people get here, but this summer we're going to start working on between here and the brewery because they're disconnected a little bit. Um, What is it, half a block? Yeah, it's about half a block. So we're going to to turn that into an an outdoor space to do concerts, community Uh, events. Yeah. We could make you know movies at the brewery. Um, yeah, could be. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll have a bike swap out there next yeah, year. Yeah. I have no idea. Yep. Yeah. So anything that uh, any 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 kind of activity that weddings you know that people need some outdoor space for. We'll have a beer garden out there. We have a just now what was here just a small little patio space out there that's fenced in. But okay, we'll be opening that up and we'll be making a nice beer garden with pavers and fire and. Yeah, so we're really excited to dig into that. And I think in terms of the beer, we are making, we haven't heard anything negative about our our beers yet. Our brewers are just brewing incredibly, just fantastic beers. I I mean, and I am not just saying that because I'm the marketer. (laughs) Here's that word again, spin. Yeah, 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 but they really are uh, just just crushing it with, with the beers that they're making. And, uh, you know, we're, we're independent, we're local and, and we're, we're doing, and as such, we're doing interesting things and we're, that are true to our, our up North culture. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, I'm going to leave here with a cup. I'm going to buy a couple crawlers. All so, right. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. So we're going to have to do that, but, uh, we'll hook you where, up. where could people, so they go to the earthrider.beer, uh, where else can they find you? Contact what a, you know. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, go to earthrider.beer. They can follow us on the three three main social channels: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and uh, if they want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from them. They can. Uh, I have a complicated email address. Yeah, but I'll put it in the show notes yeah, too. Put so it on right, the show. Yeah, yeah, if they want to email me, I'd love to hear hear comments and questions from people. Or they can message us through Facebook too. We check those daily. So. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thank you, Brad. Hey, thank you, Ben. This has been and, really uh, fun. I, yeah. Awesome. I think it's, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a passionate mountain biker myself. It's clear so. that you're passionate about all this stuff because, like I said, you're when you're talking about this, you're animated, you're smiling, you're getting all – I can tell you just get excited up on your chair, and so it's good. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, so. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, cheers.